1: It was Tuesday, April 6, 1886. It was election day for several city offices, including a race for mayor. A strong, cool north wind was doing its best to push back the fast approaching spring. The lumber industry dominated the local economy at the time. Sawmills and massive piles of wood dotted the downtown landscape. Around 10 a.m., a small flaming spark leapt from a planer at the John Paul Sawmill on the corner of Front and Cass Streets, and floated to rest on a pile of tinder-dry lumber shavings. A small fire ignited. John Paul, the mill's owner, noticed the fire from his office, but was certain his employees would easily extinguish it with the mill's private fire hoses. No alarm was sent out to the local fire department. Within a matter of minutes, the small fire had escalated into a raging inferno, one of the greatest and most disastrous fires in the lacrosse history had begun. Next to Ignite were four large piles of lumber each 30 feet high. Fueled by the brisk north wind, glowing embers and coals were broadcast in every direction. Just to the south, across Cass Street, stood the C.L. Coleman Sawmill. Massive piles of dry lumber surrounded the mill on three sides. The fire quickly ate through the immense piles, and the huge Coleman mill was set ablaze in 20 places. Firefighters and citizens fought furiously, but hoses shriveled and melted from the intense heat. Fire hydrants exploded. The doomed Coleman mill, blazing from basement to roof, had to be abandoned to the flames. Mayor Frank Doc Powell sent telegraph messages requesting help from other cities. The fire departments from Sparta and Winona answered the call, arriving by train along with their fire engines. By 1 p.m., the fire, still marching south, began eating one by one the small dwelling houses clustered there. Fueled by the stiff breeze, great whirlwinds of fire erupted, and large segments of roofs were taken up and whirled about in a cyclone of flame and then dashed violently to the ground or carried out over the river. All the houses on the west side of 2nd Street, between Cameron Avenue and Market Street, as well as houses along the nearby riverbank, were consumed by the inferno. The fire needed to be contained. Directly in its path was Isle La Plume. If the flaming coals had managed to hop the narrow slough, 21 million feet of lumber stacked on the island would have been added to the devastation. Great and heroic efforts were put forth to keep that from happening. By 3 p.m., the fire had burned itself out. Firefighters, citizens, and onlookers turned to see a five-block-long, one-block-wide swath of smoldering carnage. Piles of twisted machinery, mountains of refuse, half-burned buildings, smoldering piles of lumber, wrecked dwellings, heaps of broken stock— Tanks, pipes, burned hose, boxcar wheels, saws, tools, and an eternal waste of cinders was the description of the scene. Miraculously, no one was killed or seriously injured during the Great Fire. The monetary cost was huge. In 2021 dollars, the blaze would have cost over 10 million dollars.
0: Organized firefighting in La Crosse is almost as old as the city itself. Prior to and shortly after the city of La Crosse was officially established in 1856, bucket brigades, in which any available citizen would form lines passing full buckets from a water source toward the fire and empty buckets back, were the primary mode of suppressing fires. The first volunteer fire company, the Pioneer Engine Company No. 1, was formed in 1857 after a devastating fire left several blocks of Front Street in ruins. It consisted of 60 members supported by city appropriated funds for a fire engine and the necessary equipment to operate the engine. Throughout the next few decades, several volunteer companies were formed and disbanded. How much or how little cooperation existed between the companies is relatively unknown, but they were geographically distributed around the developing city. The first formal fire station built for the Pioneer Engine Company was completed in 1868 in conjunction with City Hall at 413 Main Street. According to Lacrosse Fire Rescue Legends and Legacies, a history produced in 1995 by the Lacrosse Fire Department, hoses were hung in the steeple to dry after a fire. The Rescue Hose Company, formed in 1869 and disbanded in 1891, worked out of an 1872 building at 829 6th Street South that would eventually be designated Lacrosse Fire Station number 3. Another of the volunteer companies of this time was the Washington Engine Company. They worked out of an 1884 building at 510 St. Cloud Street that would eventually be designated La Crosse Fire Station No. 2. For a town built by the lumber industry like La Crosse, the threat of fire instilled a particular terror. Fire limits put in place in 1857 after that first big fire called for new buildings between Vine and J Streets and from Front to 2nd Street to be built of stone or brick. This area was expanded in the 1860s, but the area containing the John Paul Mill and others was outside of this restriction. For the lumber mills, fire was a constant threat. Smoking was prohibited, watchmen were often posted, and the mills often possessed their own firefighting hoses and equipment. Often the mills were uninsured, either because premiums were too high or because the insurance companies refused to insure them. The fire of 1886 drew thousands of onlookers. In addition to the La Crosse, Sparta, and Winona fire departments, hundreds of men volunteered to help fight the fire including many business and community leaders, such as Mayor Frank Doc Powell and Mons Anderson. As mentioned in the story, the fire occurred on election day for the office of mayor. Doc Powell was up for re-election, which he won. In the aftermath of the fire, allegations flew between Powell and his opponents. Powell was ever-present fighting the fire, and his supporters pressed flyers for his new Working Man's Party into the hands of onlookers. His political opponents, it was alleged, did not help fight the fire, but instead watched from a safe distance. In the aftermath of the fire, many mill workers were jobless. Powell took immediate steps to put them to work on civic projects until the mills were rebuilt. The modern La Crosse Fire Department was established in 1896. It was initially divided into five stations, repurposing stations built for volunteer companies. Alongside the other two buildings already highlighted, Central Station, or La Crosse Fire Station Number 1, was built in 1886 and was located in the heart of downtown at 414 State Street. La Crosse Fire Station Number 4 on the north side was built in 1892 on the corner of Gillette and Berlin, now Liberty Streets. This is the same spot as the current Fire Station Number 4. Lacrosse Fire Station Number 5, completed in 1895, was located at 1220 Denton Street, and the building still stands to this day. Much of its recent history has been spent as the Southside Senior Citizen Center. There was another La Crosse Fire Station Number no. 3 building built in 1906 on the same site as the one built in 1872. This building served the fire department until 1967 when current fire station Number no. 3 was built on Losey Boulevard to extend fire service to the growing eastern part of the city. This building still stands and has since been remodeled into apartments. All current fire stations can be considered second generation La Crosse Fire Department buildings, having been built between 1940 and 1967. Lacrosse Fire Station No. 1, built in 1967 at 726 Fifth Avenue South. Lacrosse Fire Station No. 2, built in 1956 at 626 Monitor Street. Lacrosse Fire Station No. 3, built in 1967 at 1710 Lozy Boulevard South. And Lacrosse Fire Station No. 4, built in 1940 at 906 Gillette Street. At the time of this recording in 2021, the Lacrosse Fire Department is on the verge of constructing its first new buildings in over 50 years. With plans for new fire stations number two and number four in development. A remodel of fire station number one and adding a new fifth station on the far south side are in the works as well. Thanks for listening.